You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, the podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I'm Cliffy D. You can find me on Twitter at Cliffy D. And I'm Tim Capper, and you can find me on Twitter at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And this podcast is presented by our good friends over at SportBuff, where if you use the promo code FLIGHTDECK-10 at checkout, you will receive 10% off your entire order. Head over to www.sportbuffshop.com. Well, second show where you have been calling me from the road, where <laughs> exactly are you and the significant other this week as we take the podcast, Cliff? Currently in the Gaspé region of Quebec. Being able to take in the sights, the sounds, the scenery is truly incredible. Not as exciting maybe as going to Scotland and doing a podcast there, but <laughs> early I was in the morning. To- <laughs> Uh, late at night, actually. <laughs> what episode was that? I'm trying to remember what episode, because you ha- everybody has to go back into the archives over at iwatchflightdeck.ca and check out that episode. It, it was back in 2019. We had interviewed uh, William Stanbeck. There we go. Yes, sir. And yeah, it was like, it was, well, I mean, it ended up being late for me. Like, uh, it was like, it was like, 11, like 1130 at night Scotland time. Okay. Oh, okay. But, really? Uh, I can yeah. swear it was older. It was later than that. It probably felt like it was but <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for those who um, just to give a few highlights before we talk, obviously talk about the Alouette's home opener and all the stuff that has come across the wire, etc. For those who haven't been in that part of Quebec, uh, whether you are from Montreal, whether you are from New Br- New Brunswick, or whether you're from other parts of Canada and have not been to that part of the country. Give us some quick highlights besides the flights and the many flights of beer you have had. But you know what? I, I will say, I will say the craft beer scene here is pretty outstanding. Oh yeah. They just make absolutely fantastic beer. And listen, that, that's what Quebec is, really, is just being able to try different things and see different things. And you know what really struck me more than anything else is despite the fact that it is a predominantly French area, I mean the tourism here is so so huge that you can actually, if, if you come here and you don't speak French, you'd be okay. There's a lot of people that would be willing to work with you and just try to speak in English with you. So you can at least, if nothing else, order something to eat or get a hotel room or something to at least come and stay and enjoy the area. So, I mean, I would definitely recommend this as a travel destination to get away to. The As I said, the, the natural beauty that is surrounding this area is, is breathtaking. Like I, I've seen sites that have just been like, Jaw dropping, like mm-hmm. along the coastline. There's so many boardwalks here, Tim. It reminded me of when you and I went to Atlantic City. It was just absolutely outstanding. Like just the, the waves crashing onto the shoreline and everything is just. Whew, I mean, it, it it's it's incredible. There's just no other way to describe it. Is breathtaking. I highly recommend that everybody, if you if you get a chance to come out to the Gaspé region, by all means do so. It is you will not regret it. Yeah, and if it, it, again, like Cliff said, where you know his Twitter at the beginning for socials, he has some great stuff that's on there. If you happen to follow him on on Facebook, also make sure you do so because uh, he has posted some amazing pictures of of his stays. Do you, do you wish you had been able to go to the Ile Madeleine? But I know you're a little bit farther away because that's on the other side of PEI. To, if I remember, I think if I remember correctly, did you ever think of going there too? But I know it would be a little bit harder to get there. You can't drive over the uh, uh, over the water. That, that's the big thing is not being able to drive over the water. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's not something I'm opposed to. Like, I mean, the more I think about it, too, like the more I want to explore even the Maritimes as well as, you know, as far as the vacation goes. Because, oh, yeah. yes, we've been to New Brunswick and even been to, uh, like, we're, actually, we're in New Brunswick very briefly this week. And, you know, like, to me, it feels like there's so much more to be explored there. Like, I, I think I've spent maybe a grand total of five days in New Brunswick. As an adult, I would like to see more of the province itself and see what all it has to offer. So that is definitely what I'd like to do. And then, of course, go into like the Maritimes and yeah. not just for Touchdown Atlantic. Oh, yeah. believe me, that would be cool to go to Touchdown Atlantic and see the LOS playing in Halifax or any of these other problems. Like we, we've seen them play in Moncton, and that's great. But, I mean, as the league wants to 
supposedly wants to further expand this touchdown Atlantic experiment and make it really a viable option for football fans to go check out their team on the East Coast. I would also like to explore more of the area as well. I, I think that there's just so much natural beauty and so, so many incredible things that have to be seen and experienced, and I want to do that. So I'm hoping if time and, and that permits, one day I'd like to be able to say that not just going to the touching on Atlantic to see the Alouettes, but also go and explore the rest of Atlantic Canada. I yeah. think it'd be such an amazing experience. Yeah, I've had the pleasure doing doing Atlantic Canada. Um, I have a friend who lives out in Halifax, but we know we uh, ten years ago uh, the wife and I did uh, actually two years in a row we did PEI. Didn't get to see all of it, but there's just it's just just the site as you're saying. Every place seems to have its beautiful sites within Canada. Um, you know the red sand beaches in PEI are just absolutely stunning. They really, really are. Um, uh, going to Cape Breton, the many different places that we went into Cape Breton, we went to go see, um, uh, be able to go into an, an actual mine. We went to a mine museum over in uh, Glass, I think it was uh, uh, Glace Bay. Um, nice. So it's it, it's just yeah, it's it's just beautiful. I would I would love to do it again because when we did the Cabot Trail, it was raining that day. And I'm hearing, just like what you guys are seeing so far, you know, having the best weather is really, it's still fun to do these places, but when you have such gorgeous weather to drive in, it makes it even more memorable. Oh, absolutely. And one thing I would have to say for sure is on the bucket list would be to go to Newfoundland and get essentially Same. screeched in. Yeah, yeah, I'll stay away from the screeching in, but I'll go to Newfoundland. <laughs> well, I, I think that would be a great way to do a podcast. What do you think? Uh, I, I get, I know what that entails because I've seen it. <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe get, get one or get a couple of ciders in me and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do that. There you go. So that, listen, maybe this is the thing we got to get to go fund these for folks is, uh, <laughs> do you want to see the Alois flight deck in Newfoundland? Let us know. <laughs> that would be, that would, that would be, that would be interesting. That really would. Um, Perfect, you know, perfect segue with with, with it being Saint Jean and obviously coming up for Canada today. Uh, obviously, everybody here at the flight deck want to wish everybody a belated um, happy Saint Jean and obviously a uh, happy Canada Day coming up. So, uh, anybody who's going to be watching football on Canada Day, you're lucky. Uh, I, I think we've yet. I don't think I'm trying to remember the last time we had a game game on Canada Day in Montreal, but. Uh, still, there will be CFL football to be watched. And for us, too, you know, it started the long weekend here in Quebec. You know, uh, two games on the road, but we were very lucky to have our home opener. And it was a glorious time to be an Alouettes fan, wasn't it, Cliff? Oh, my. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I mean, like, with all the... You know, kind of malaise that was kind of surrounding the team with uh, quarterbacking woes and just the everything that was kind of hanging overhead. Like I kind of went into this match last Thursday, kind of tempering my expectations a bit. You know, I was Mm -hmm. like, yes, obviously I want the Alouettes to win, but I mean Saskatchewan, they're two and zero. They played some pretty decent football, Uh, even though I I said they were the worst two and zero team in the Canadian Football League, and the Alouettes were the best zero and two football team. Like I just looked at the matchup and I was like. Man, if Montreal pulls this out, it's going to be nothing short of a miracle. Like, I, I went in really expecting very little and wanting to be pleasantly surprised. And, oh, my gosh, was I surprised. Oh, no kidding. I mean, literally from kickoff, literally from kickoff, this game was a, a, a complete shock to the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, like, even as the coin toss happened, I'm like, okay, the Alouettes or the Riders won and deferred, deferred to the second half. So Montreal started on offense. Oh, no, sorry, they won the co- I'm sorry, they, they won the coin toss and decided they wanted the ball first. I'm like, oh, God, this... No, Which I, seems I just, to be a change, yeah. Usually on the road, yeah, but yeah, at home, why not? And hey, great... Uh, <laughs> it was a great choice, needless to say, wasn't it? I mean, I don't think... It, it really was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, you know, with you know, the woes that we've had in the past couple of years with the return game and, and how we had hoped it was going to go, you know, and how we were just so disappointed after what happened in week one. Um, obviously, we were, you know, with with Myra Alfred out, Chan- Chandler Worthy, man, from the get-go was, y- you had to be in your seats right away, because I know a couple of people that I know were not in their seats for kickoff. And dude, boy, did they miss a lot just in that first 
60 seconds with Chandler where they, you know, just going ham and returning the the opening kickoff 88 yards for a touchdown. I mean, to start the game with a house call, I mean, that that just set the tone right there. And I think caught everybody napping. Like Saskatchewan, the TSN broadcast crew, even the fans were just kind of like, okay, well, yeah, football, here we go. Wait, wait, what? And then just all of a sudden you watch Worthy just find a hole, hit the hole, and he was gone. Yeah. And and Darius Pickett with a great block towards the end to really just give that separation, he was gone. Chandler really was gone. Just right off the hop, his first touchdown as a Montreal Alouette. That was just a thing of absolute beauty. Yeah. And worthy was worthy for the entire game, even though, and we'll talk about it with, you know, even though a, a one, one was uh, a punt return was brought back by a, a questionable penalty, but uh, thanks to, thanks to our, uh, thanks to our stats, uh, stats guru, Steve Daniel. Uh, I don't know if you, if you saw this cliff, but worthy's, touchdown was the second fastest TD to open up a game in CFL history at 12 seconds. Incredible. And Go it's, on. it's so funny. Like this, this was a late pickup at training camp. Like the, the Argos cut him, couldn't find a spot for him on their roster. Montreal picked him up right away. And wow. I mean, it, it may have taken a, an injury to Mario Alford for him to get his, his spot, but my goodness, like he, he was ready. And you can see even in training camp, he had wheels like, okay, like this guy just needs an opportunity to break one out and things are going to happen. And sure enough, look what he's done. I know. Absolutely and, incredible. And that's where the question comes. And I will talk about it more when we preview the game, but that's where the question comes in this weekend because Alfred was practicing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's actually a nice, it's actually a nice problem to have, but we know with the roster situation with, with, with the, with the right ratio, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so right off the hop, dude, I mean, the Alouettes are up, and they just kept it going. I mean, the Owls were up 20 points at halftime. And you know, you know what's funny, dude? The last time that the Alouettes were up by 20 points at half was versus the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I I was just blown away by just being able to see. It's like what the Owls just in recent years they're never up by twenty points, ever up by twenty points. Certainly not this season either. I mean, like they looked very dominant to start against Calgary and let them back into the game uh, against Toronto. It was like a battle in that first half to see who could play the worst game of football, mm-hmm. and both teams effectively were tied for first or tied for worst, if you will. Yeah. But again, just with, with everything that was happening, Alouettes just kept coming. Like the defense just absolutely owned. I mean, Cody Fajardo, I, I I was convinced. Like when he went back to the hotel that night, he was going to check his closet and make sure Brian Harlemana was not waiting for him with <laughs> yeah. another sack. And try to find I, out I mean, where, his, where his Jesus sprinkles gave out. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Owls, I, I said, guess Fajardo, no, Fajardo, Fajardo must be like a, a Spanish word for run for your freaking life. <laughs> that's exactly what we had to do. That's good. Um, so the Owls were, I said, were up by 20 points at halftime for the 41st time in team history, 37th time in the regular season. And the last time, as I mentioned, led by 20 plus points at half, July 29th, Cliff 2016 versus the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in a 41 to 3 win. Wow. This one was pretty close, pretty close to that score, too. I mean, aside from that garbage time touchdown they give up towards the end, I mean, all all, all Saskatchewan was able to do was get two Brett Lothar field goals. Yeah. I mean, they they were just stymied. Like, Montreal just simply had – or Saskatchewan had no answer for Montreal. And, again, a, a lot of that – like, a lot of the points that were scored, it was basically all special teams mm-hmm. with the exception of uh, Chandler's house call and – one the Trevor Harris passed to Tyron Julian Grant, which was an absolute beauty. A strike. dime. He didn't stop. KJG did not stop one bit. No, no. I mean, like timing was everything. And we, we've been a little, we've been a little tough on Trevor and his passing and his inability seemingly to find that deep ball. But when he finds it, 
there it is. I mean, listen, if you're only going to complete one deep pass, that's the one to do because that has seven points written all over it. Yeah, Trevor, if I remember correctly, only had two two incompletions at halftime, and you know, overall, I mean, this it, it, the game it wasn't perfect. It's hard hard to say. It's that you're like Tim. How can this game? There were still some things that were, you know, as a fan, you gotta you can't just go in with blinders on. But overall, this this team did a very very good job, and this is something they have to keep up versus Saskatchewan this week because they're gonna, you know, it's the the return game. They're back to back um in saskatchewan this week so yeah and i believe me you're not going to catch saskatchewan if if we had caught them napping last thursday in montreal it's not going to happen again they're going to be extremely prepared this time because i think they were just flat out embarrassed oh for sure they they even said they had no answer and they were very fortunate because let's face it 15 of those 37 points came from off the foot of david cote Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, i i mean they're very fortunate. Like again, and this is the thing with Trevor Harris is he gets you to the to the red zone, but there was a lot of points that were left on the field as well. Like a lot of those field goals really should have been touchdowns. But I mean, at the end of the day, they, they scored when they had to. Whether it was field goals or touchdowns, they scored when they had to. And as I said, this the way this defense came alive and just made Cody Fajardo's night a living nightmare it was absolutely fantastic. And obviously, this was the defense. This is the defense that we had come to expect. This is what we wanted to see, and they showed up and they showed out, and you couldn't you couldn't ask for anything better, especially too with the fans making noise and it was loud. I mean, for sixteen thousand fans, yeah, it was loud. It I mean, was. yes, you've got you got you got the horns, you got the no more car sirens. Thank goodness, thank goodness, but, thank you, Alouettes Brass, for listening to us. There you go. So, and you're welcome, fans, because we pretty much told them like, no, the, the the car siren doesn't work, and no more car siren. And we'll talk about the atmosphere in a couple of minutes. Um, it, we could have had seven more points if it weren't for a, a, a quote unquote illegal block on a return by Gagne with uh, just over a minute left in the third that we should have had seven more points. And, and I've had a few people question it. And, and usually, usually, you know, when it comes to people who are with work for the Alouettes, and I, I'm mentioning Joey Alfieri specifically. He made the comment, I think, in one of the interviews that they that he the post game interview show that he had live on uh, the like that that they've been doing live after the games. Even he said he thinks it was a questionable call. I, I think that's the reporter in him. But still, I watched it again. I really don't know if that was an illegal block. I really don't know. But to be fair, though, and I, and we'll, this is what we'll get back to it, Cliff. To be fair, it did set up that huge catch and run by a Canadian, our Canadian first round pick in Tyson Philpot. Oh my goodness! Like, and he would have been gone too if it weren't for a horse collar. Yeah, yeah, uh, but so great to see him get in, in big moments, especially in the home opener too. When you when you think about it, like. It was cool for him to go out to Calgary and perform in front of his hometown crowd, so to speak. I mean, he goes from Delta, BC, but like he's a, a former Calgary Dino, so you, you expected him to show up in a big way versus Calgary. But let's face it, this is your home opener. Like, this is your chance to let everybody in the stands know who the hell Tyson Philpott is, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. And that was just a money run. Exactly. Now, going back to the – I know you were about to say something about that uh... – about that illegal block. As I said, we, we only ended up coming up after with, even with those two nice plays, we still only ended up coming away with three points. But what, what was your thought on that quote uh, to me as that quote unquote illegal block on, on the return? It was definitely ticky tack. There's no question about it. I yeah. mean, I, I, I get, I understand, especially too, with, when it comes to special teams, everything's going to be looked at, especially too, when you saw that worthy was heading back to the end zone, obviously scoring plays are going to be reviewed, but just the fact that Oh, like, I don't know. I, I looked at it and like, really? That's what you're going to call of all things? <laughs> I wanted 40. I wanted 40 on the board. I, I just wanted another opportunity to use the we're not worthy gif from Wayne's World. There you to, go, to describe a <laughs> Describe a, a gender-worthy touchdown for the Alouettes. There you I mean, go. One was good, but two would have been better. But. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <sighs> 
Yeah, I said a lot of pluses and minuses. I think one of the big minuses, obviously, was the ball over Trevor Harris's head for a loss of 23. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I still I had still haven't gone back to see who was really at fault on that one, if Trevor was looking at another direction or if it was a missed snap. You know, a, a it was a guess of, you know, the snap count was, was misunderstood. Because that was that at the point where we had already lost um, where we had lost our center. Sean Jamison, yeah, I Sean. don't believe so. That, that was more. That was late in the fourth quarter. So okay. It's, uh, oh, that's right. That's right. Which we. Have uh, to- I think it was just a. It was probably just a, a little bit of miscommunication as far as that goes. Which it happens. I mean, listen, I, I, you can blame whoever you want on that one, but I mean, sometimes things just happen. There was just a malfunction at the junction. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the overall for the Isle of Wedge, Trevor Harris was sixteen to twenty-two for two hundred sixty-two yards, no picks. And a touchdown, the the Jeshwan Antwi, uh, 10 carries, 45 yards. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, Walter Fletcher had two for 15. Leading receiver for the Alouettes was uh, Kalen Julian Grant with 75 yards on two receptions. 70 of those 75 was on that touchdown. <laughs> yes. Uh, Phil Pott was second uh, with, with his one catch. That's a hell of an average, by the way. I'll take a 66-yard average. That ain't not bad, as we say. <laughs> yeah, and Gino going into the game, Gino Lewis, he only he had 68 yards on four catches on five targets. He he was in going in there banged up, and I was watching him during the game. I don't know if you noticed anything in particular. He seemed he wasn't limping, but he just I could tell he wasn't 100. percent Even then, he was still making one or two really outstanding catches, like just to keep keep the chains moving. I mean, if this guy's in pain, you're not going to know about it so easily. I mean, that's... Yeah, like, like in Hamilton in the playoffs. A, I agree. Yeah. Like, Gino is truly on another level. There, there's just no two ways about it. I mean, the way this guy plays football, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, whether it's Vernon Adams or Trevor Harris. I mean, just you, you throw the ball to him, and more often than not, it's going to end up in his hands, and he's going to make stuff happen. Like, he, he is a magician, without question. Yeah. And obviously, the bounce back, David Cote, a perfect five for five, I don't think anybody really had anything to worry about when it came to Cote. But of course not. Perf- I mean, perfect. Perfect for the game. And that's the thing. Like, I, I hope with every one of those successful field goals, I just hope that he just like kind of you know, threw up the deuces and just said, you know, later, y'all. Because, <laughs> I mean, that that's how you respond to your haters. That's like They say living well is the best revenge. Well, I say playing well is the best revenge. Because mm-hmm. all these people are talking crap about him. You know, like, are we going to get rid of him? Do we need another kicker? Blah, blah, blah. Why? Because he muffed one punt that or one kick that could have won the game. Sure. I, I understand the frustration of that. But you know what? That doesn't take away from what kind of a kicker he is. And he proved that. All those kicks that he made this past Thursday, right down the middle. No problem. Nothing but net. I mean, and this is what we come to expect from David Cote. So maybe that's why it was such a shock when he bricked that uh, potential game-winning field goal against Toronto. To want to throw him out, to want to you know get another kicker or you know say all this horrible nonsense about him, like so dumb, so dumb. Like don't don't be better than that, people. I mean, everybody makes mistakes. Nobody is perfect. And you know what? I, I'm personally very happy for Cote that he was able to shake off what had happened in Toronto, come out in front of his hometown fans, and he he again, 15 of Montreal's 37 points. Yep. Are thanks to David Cote. Yep. So I, I mean. What more can you want from the guy? Yeah. He shows up. He does his job. That's all there is to it. By the way, that 23-yard uh, uh, fumble and return, or loss, rather, fumble, turn, and loss, whatever, it was charged to Jameson. So he was charged with the fumble. <laughs> kind of funny, but okay. <laughs> I know. I, it's great silly CFL rules, you know, when a quarterback quarterback gets intercepted, I, I gets intercepted on a two-point convert, they, that goes towards their stats. I'm like, I, I okay. Whatever. And I guess technically Jameson was the last person to handle the ball, yeah. if that's the case. Te- technically. Okay. Technically. Semantics. <laughs> it, it really is. <laughs> um, One thing we got to talk about, though. Yes. Mark Antoine Decoy. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I, I have to laugh because Majardo had connected with Duke Williams on one of those sliding catches. Yeah. Earlier in the game. And, you know, okay, fine. That works. It, you know, they, you know it, it's what you come to expect from Duke Williams is – outstanding catches. I mean, the guy's a great receiver, so of course he's going to make a catch like that. But I kind of felt like he was playing with fire, making, trying to make a catch like that. It just 
it didn't quite work, kind of bounced up and uh, right into the arms of Marc-Andre Van de Koy, who took it to the house. And just once again, caught everybody napping. It was absolutely incredible. Oh, I know. I know. I, I, it was just... uh, how, how perfect for on the eve of St. Jean-Baptiste that a Montreal-born player like Marc-Andre Van de Koy scores his first CFL touchdown in the Alouette's home opener mm-hmm. for the win. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just like the icing on the cake. Like, I mean, there, just, there were a ton of firsts for for Canadians in that game, and I I don't have them in front of me. I know uh, uh, David Arsenault from RDS was was posting a few of them. I have to go back and check his out his uh, out his uh, Twitter feed. But yeah, I mean, I, again, everything again, it, it wasn't a perfect game. You know, the uh, this is this is the concerning part. You were just talking about it before, Cliff. You know, the the Alouettes were zero for three in the red zone, and I guess I don't know if it, this is a if this is because of how well the Owls were doing in long, you know, the long situations on second down and stuff like that, or how how many yards they were gaining on their first downs, there were only seven of fifteen on second down conversions. Uh, five, sorry, five of seventeen on on second down conversions. So, but yeah, but as I said, they only had seventeen conversions versus twenty six for for Saskatchewan. I mean, total yardage. So which? I was gonna say, you know, total yardage was basically almost identical. You know, two ninety six to two eighty five in favor of Montreal, which seems strange enough. But you know, and they didn't have the time of possession. But that's because of these long, you know, touchdown, these long catch, you know, two long catches. So it, it kind of makes sense. I'm curious. I have to go back and check. But you know, the being over three in the red zone is concerning. You know, that's. You know, games not cannot necessarily be won. They can be won on the foot of a of a kicker, but you also need to score some touchdowns. Yes, we had a, a long, two long touchdowns. I get that. That's why they weren't listed as being red zone touchdowns. But still, doesn't it doesn't oh, bode it doesn't bode well. I mean, th- that's one thing that they have to get better. I mean, I think they were better on penalties. They only had four, so that's great, great. I mean, concern, you know what happened last week was whole, garbage. But they're back to where they were after week one. Mm-hmm. You know? No, and this team has to stay disciplined. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is playing smart football more than anything else is key. But again, if you go back, again, back to the point you were trying to make as far as like being 0 for 3 in the red zone. I mean, yeah. like, this is why, listen, a lot of people are like, well, now that Trevor Harris had a really amazing game, are you going to give him his due? Are you going to give him his props? I'm like, listen, I absolutely give him props for that incredible touchdown strike to carry on Julian Grant. 100%. But same to- by that same token, and I would say this whether it was Harris or Vernon Adams at the quarterback, if you can't, if you're you're walking away, you're settling for field goals instead of touchdowns when you're that in the red zone that often. Something is definitely not working. I mean, like that, like to me that that's an area that needs tremendous improvement. And for someone with a veteran like Harris, should be able to find the end zone. So why can't he? Like what what is it exactly? What 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 is it that? And again, as the starting quarterback, as the leader, quote unquote, that has he, he's got to become now, he's got to bear some of that responsibility. Right. He's got to be able to answer for that. Like, why are we settling for three points when we could just easily had a touchdown? And, and again, it's not it's not for lack of weapons. <laughs> Lord knows you've got some great receivers already, and that's even with certain guys out of the lineup. I know you still got some guys that can. You got guys with firepower, and you got two very good running backs that you could be leaning on, and. I, I I don't know why you're not you're you're not like like what's going on like I don't know what, what the disconnect is. As, they're they're as four of so twelve why, on the season. Four of twelve. I mean that's concerning. And I, again, I would say that regardless of who the starting quarterback is, I don't want this to turn into a. Oh no, a it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, yeah, people need to understand we're not talking about this is the Trevor Harris thing. It, it, it's no, a it, it, it's a team thing. It absolutely is, and this is something that everybody needs to be able to answer for. But again, starting with the starting quarterback, and I would say that as I said. Regardless of who the starting quarterback was, whether it was Trevor Harris, Vernon Adams, hell, even if Anthony Calvillo came out of retirement and decided he was going to leave the Alouettes. <laughs> if, he put in a, if he put together a, a kind of a lackluster offensive effort like that, I'd be asking questions, too, of him. You know, it, it really just comes down to you're the leader of the team. You've got some great weapons around you. Why can't you find the end zone? Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, no, I agree. So, and- listen, as, as, again, just for the record, I want everybody to know, you know, I thought that touchdown that Harris threw was absolutely amazing. No question about it. No question. And Julian, Julian Grant, he did his thing too. I mean, the two of them together, obviously they got they must have some pretty good chemistry to connect on a bomb like that. But 
kind of expect a little bit more of the starting quarterback. I mean, that, that's just really what it came down to. I mean, really, truly, this game was won by special teams. Whether it was David Cote kicking five field goals, whether it was Chandler Worthy with the, the, the house call and almost a second one to his name, uh, Mark Antoine Decoy with the pick six, so to speak. Yeah, you, yeah I guess it would be a pick six. Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. The Alouettes. The fact that and the fact that Saskatchewan just did not look like the same team that was able to pull out a nice win against uh, Hamilton or you know, hang tough with the Elks. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, I wish I could explain why Saskatchewan didn't show up for this game. And that's really what it came down to was they didn't look like they wanted to play this game. And it showed on the field. The fact that they could only score a touchdown in garbage time, I think, speaks volumes. And if I'm Ryder Nation, I'm I'm asking questions of not just Cody Fajardo, but everybody. Like, what the hell? I mean, this is a supposedly an Alouettes team in disarray, and they don't know who their leader is, and they're 0-2. But I think really what it came down to was uh, Montreal wanted this victory. They wanted you know to show up for their hometown fans. They wanted to come out guns a-blazing and prove that they were not what their record says they were. Yeah, Saskatchewan, I just can't say 100% they had that same sentiment. I could be wrong, but I'm just based on what I saw out of them last Thursday. And I have to believe they're going to be a hell of a lot more prepared for this coming Saturday against the Alouettes. But, I mean, it was not a good look for the Rough Riders on uh, on the eve of Saint baptiste Well, we're going to be kind of similar in, in the same situation that, that the Rough Riders were this past week with, you know, us missing our you know, our starting center, but, you know, we'll talk about that more in the, in the preview, but, um, we want to talk about the, obviously the home, uh, atmosphere and stuff like that. But before we do want to remind you that we are on social media, you can find us over on Twitter at Alouette's FL deck, Instagram, just search for Alouette's flight deck, Facebook, look for Alouette's flight deck pod, YouTube. We're getting there. We're almost, we're just shy of 10 people left in order to get, to that magical 100 mark, go to YouTube, search for Alouette's Flight Deck, subscribe if you haven't already, and get us to that one that magical 100 so we can give away that Delta jacket to any one of that 100 plus people when we do uh, when we when we get to that magical mark. Also, Flight Deck merch. Head over to teespring.com/stores/alsflightdeck. And because there is not a home game. This week, obviously, there will not be a draw for tickets for the uh, for the for the game itself. But stay tuned for the week of our bye week, which is where we will be setting up the next draw for a f- pair of tickets. Let's see the Alouettes play at home versus the uh, versus the Edmonton Elks in the Sport Buff Flight Crew seats. Mm-hmm. Folks, make sure you check that out. Make sure you, you subscribe. Like we're not just giving away tickets for one game; we're giving away tickets for every single home game this season. So. Make sure you, you you check out the flight deck. You let your family, your friends, everybody know about it. Whether it's you're listening on YouTube or any of the other social media or podcast aggregates, check out the flight deck. Let people know about the flight deck. Let them know about YouTube. Let them know everything. Mm-hmm. And make sure you enter the contest and win yourself those awesome flight crew seats. Because like there's no there's really no bad seat in the house when it comes to personal Molson Stadium. And seeing this team, if they're going to be as exciting as what they were that first game against the Riders, can you imagine? How great it would be to be able to say that, yeah, I went and saw the Alouettes play. They had an amazing game against Edmonton, and I got to see it free thanks to the Alouettes Flight Deck podcast. Yeah, How great I, would that be? I know. I actually was in the stadium the other day, and I, was, I actually went up to our seats that we give away, and I was like, I've never been, you know, in the, I've never been in that sec, that part of the stadium, and it's overlooking the city. I was like, man, these are nice seats. So, hey, make sure you, again, Watch our socials for the for when we launch uh, the next round uh, of uh, of the seat giveaway. So we first home game with really no restrictions. They have brought back quite a few things over at Percival Molson. They brought back uh, what do we call it? The fan zone, the party zone. I, I what what are they what do they call it? <laughs> yes, for lack of a better term, I don't think they had any real name for it. But yes, but they brought it back. It, 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 in yeah. and it wasn't it's not a, a a shadow of its former self they brought it back it, it's been revamped that's the best word yes. to use it's been revamped um and that's what they had the halftime show they had uh, clay and friends that's uh, right that's right you've never heard of them folks i mean they're a pretty popular band in the montreal area and uh starting to starting to gain some traction starting to really get uh 
the word out there. So, I mean, it's it was pretty cool to see everybody like that was there. Like they, they pretty they flooded the, the 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 fan zone, if you will, because that's where they had the stage set up for the, the musicians to perform, and that's pretty much where they had their sort of impromptu halftime concert. And it looked really good. I mean, it's not my not my my kind of music. That's not really my cup of tea, but. Uh, I, I, I really think that they did a really good job as far as presenting it goes and making it uh, make it seem like a cool place to be at halftime rather than just go grab a beer or go to the washroom or anything like that. You want people to be interested and engaged in the halftime show? That's the way to do it. And they pretty much encouraged everybody, like, get on down there and, and join the party. And it was great. It, it looked really cool, at least from our vantage point, from our seats. Yeah, for sure. Um, during halftime, I was actually able to check out the merch. I've got, you know, the Alouettes had, had quite a bit of merch, uh, new merch with that they were, that was available. Uh, they have back the, um, uh, the, uh, personalized, uh, jerseys. Those are back again upstairs on, at least on our side of the stadium, which is at the south side of the stadium. What else? Um, trying to Yellowists have their own beer now. Yes. Yes, they and do. And we got to try it. We did. Uh, it is, I, I'm, I, I'm, it's not the company. What, what's the company name again that was, that's doing it? Archibald. Yeah. Archibald. They brought in a Alouette's branded, uh, beer. Nice. Do I, can cans have libraries? Do I, can I call it that? A nice design. The can had a nice design. One side was the Alouette's logo and the other side, which most people didn't see because nobody really pushed it on social media. But it had on one on the other side. It had all of the the dates that the Alouettes have won the Grey Cup, and it was superimposed mm-hmm. over an outline of the province of Quebec. Yeah, and, and and this is a limited edition, folks, for this. Uh, yeah, for this brewery to come out with this beer, and it is exclusive at Personal Molson Stadium. Uh, we're really hoping that we can find a way to try and get people that aren't able to come to the games if they want to try out this beer, or at least be able to get a collector's edition of this. Uh, We'll we'll see what we can try and figure out, but I mean the fact that we were able to try it on game day and just be able to have an Alouette's beer of our own, I thought was pretty cool. And I gotta say, it was actually a very good beer. You being the beer and, connoisseur that you are, buddy, I, I, y- yes, I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I laughed when you said you wanted to try it. I'm I did. I did. Of course, I wanted to try. I want. I mean, I, I'm not a. You know, t- most people know that I am a. Can I say I'm a connoisseur of, of of cider? Yes, I'll say I'm a connoisseur of cider. Um, so, it, you know, beer really isn't my thing. I mean, you guys have bought me some beers before, and you've seen some of the, reaction, <laughs> the reactions that I've had for some beers that I've had. But at least I try them. And, and that's all we can ask, is that you try it. Yeah. And if you like it, great. If you don't, then you don't. Simple as that. Exactly, exactly. But still, it was a huge plus. And it, it's just too bad, as I said, right now... It will be available at the stadium until there is nothing left. So uh, it, mm-hmm. next home game versus Edmonton, it should be available. How much? It should. And Don't know. I guess it's like they say, while supplies last. Exactly. See, now Cliff needs to get himself one and keep the can. <laughs> or try to get one that's unopened, if that if that's even possible. Oof, I mean, that's easier said than done. But I mean, if... I know. You know. Strictly for collector's sake, and like I said, if the Archibald people are listening... By all means, if you can find a way to make this can available for people that, for whatever reason, aren't able to make it to an Alouette's home game, please do so because people have to see this can. Like, yes, we tweeted photos out from the uh, Slight Tech account, and even from my own account, I tweeted out photos of the, the can itself. Yes. It looks beautiful. I mean, it's really cool. It's just a, a great design. The beer inside is delicious, without question, but make it available to everybody. Not every, Unfortunately, not everybody can make it to a home game or even. You know, they may not even be beer drinkers like yourself, but maybe we just still want this for collector, collector's sake. Make it available. I mean, there's, as far as I'm concerned, there's a market for it. I mean, the beer was moving pretty quick, pretty well at the game uh, this past Thursday. So that I will admit. I, I, yeah, I sincerely hope there'll still be some more uh, when the Yellowwoods are back uh, playing with the Elks in a couple of weeks. But uh, folks, as I say, while supplies last, if you if you come to the game, get your hands on this beer. You won't be sorry. Yeah. I promise you, it is much better than the Bud or Bud Light that they usually do serve at Percival Wilson Stadium. This is some top-notch quality beer. And I, did I mention it last episode? No, I didn't mention it. Last, I don't think I did. There's there's talk of a Putin in a helmet. That's crazy. 
Putin in a I don't know what this helmet looks like that was listed in the Gazette uh, Gazette story the other last week. I'm all for it. I want to see what this helmet looks like and and how much it costs. <laughs> Cuz yeah. you know, if you're as old as I am, you remember the old the days of when you went to Dairy Queen and you can get a, an Expos or a Blue Jays or any of the Major League Baseball teams, you know, ice cream in a in a in a batting helmet. Actually, I think they, yeah, still, they still have that today. But I mean, just since we don't have baseball here, same thing. Might, well, actually, and also to at Olympic Stadium back in the day when the Expos would play, they also you could also buy ice cream and a helmet there too. Exactly, exactly. So, so hey, put in an helmet? Sure, why not? I think they actually do that in Major League Baseball where it's in a batting helmet. It's, I've seen it. It's the most hilarious thing in the world. But it's not put in. It's like nachos or whatever it is. Nachos. That's it. Yeah. But still. Which is cool all on its own, but I mean, like, what could be more Montreal than having put Sid in you know, Montreal Alouette's helmet? Exactly, exactly. And, and I, at this point, I would like to officially petition Mario Ciccini, the president of the Alouettes, who I hope is listening. And if you need someone to taste test these Putsins in helmets, <laughs> him and I, we're, we are ready to serve. We are, we are here and ready to help the public in this matter. I so, I smell a social you know media. find us. I still smell a social media tweet coming. I'm just saying. From one I'm of us. Saying. From one of us. You know, we, you know, you know, come on. Mario, we're, you know. Hashtag flight deck puts in. Sure. I was going to say hashtag flight, flight deck uh, alcohol. Um, <laughs> well, that's even better. <laughs> what, um, there were a couple other things that I wanted to mention. Um, there was a, actually my brother who lives in the Ottawa area, was in a, a local Costco. And they had, a, as I mentioned on social media, they had a package available being sold at Costco for the Red Blacks. Not only, by the way, not only for the Red Blacks, we also for their Frontier League team, which is a, a league that is associated, it's not an independent league, but it's associated with Major League Baseball. Whoops. Uh, Major League Baseball. And they had packages on sale there for them also. My, my thought was, you know, I understand that the league, it, the team has done some great ideas when it's come to, you know, selling season tickets at $150 in, a, in certain sections at, at Percival Molson. Why can't this type of thing be, I mean, for, if for the Red Blacks to be able to get into a local Costco to sell these packages, why can't it to save, even if it's saving $10 or $15 for the for two, for two a pair of tickets, why, I don't see why the Alouettes are unable to do this in the Montreal and Quebec area. Absolutely. There's plenty of Costco's uh, throughout Montreal. So, I mean, this would be a great opportunity as well. And I think it'd be kind of cool to do a kind of a, like a mini ticket package, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I, I even said, like, why don't you even get players out to your local Costco to yeah. help promote this? I think a lot of people would really get on board, like, especially if you're selling like a, like a sort of a mini ticket package, like, you know, choose two games that you want to go to for like 50 bucks or whatever it is. I mean, listen, it, it's going to get butts in the seats. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you explore something like that? Like I, I when you when I when you you told me about this uh, thing that uh, they're doing out in Ottawa, I'm like, that's a great idea. Yeah, really, it is. Like you know, and I'm sure a lot of people in Ottawa are going to take advantage of it, if only to you know, maybe just by curiosity's sake. If you don't want to pay full pop for a ticket, I get that. But is this if you want to consider this kind of like a a mini season ticket package, if you will, or like a you know kind of a trial thing? Let's see if you you know see see what you think of the the Red Blacks. I mean. Shoot. Yeah, because I think that, why, why wouldn't you? I think the Red Blacks still have their flex packages like the Alouettes do. So I, I think it's something that the Alouettes could try. I think it's a you know a pair of tickets for however much it is. Well, and also to do the thing with the flex pack of the Alouettes, I mean, ten tickets. I don't know if they still do the six ticket package, but I mean ten tickets. I mean in theory that's five games if it's you and uh, someone. Like, if it's two people going. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean to me, like if you do like a, a sort of like a very small package like one or two games kind of thing or like a two game package I mean, or whatever yeah i think there's a market for that i think that's something that would i think interest a lot of people especially people at costco i mean lord knows you're throwing stuff in your car anyways like yeah. why wouldn't you throw in a you know pair of tickets to the alos game why at the not same time? exactly maybe i don't I know maybe is costco a are they an advertiser with the red blacks or with oseg i don't know that's well no no we're gonna kind of think oseg is somehow involved no, Oseg is not involved with the uh, with the Ottawa Titans baseball team. So 
I also wonder, too, maybe because Costco's head office is in Ottawa, so I wonder if that may have had something to do with it. Well, I'm curious to know about other other teams because we, we knew about Ottawa, but do the other teams in the CFL have uh, – or some of the teams have something similar? I don't know. It'd be worth looking into. But, again, yeah. still, regardless of the team, would be a, something at least worth looking into, if nothing else. Exactly. Also, something that has really has blown up on social media is uh, – for those of you who do not know or may not watch the TSN broadcasts, is that 7-Eleven is the national sponsor for Thursday Night Football on TSN. Mm-hmm. And we found out this week that they are – that there's going to be a cup for Slurpees similar to a slush puppy or to a slush – is it slush over to – is that the name of it over to over yeah. over Kustard? Okay, where it's basically fl- flavored sugar water. Yeah, I love Slurpees, dude. Oh, anyways, they are <laughs> they're awesome. No, no word of a lie. There is nothing better than a Seven Eleven Slurpee. Yes, but you know now that there's going to be there's going to be a, a cup available for each team across the CFL. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with that is is that there are two currently two CFL markets, Cliff, that do not have Seven Elevens. One being... And which two markets would those be? Those would be, A, Ottawa, which did have 7-Elevens until a couple of years ago, but they've now been taken over, I think, by Circle K, which, by the oh. way, is owned by Couchetard here in Quebec. That's right. And then as I, and then Montreal. We don't have Correct. it either, because we obviously because we have, we have uh, Couchetard. So it leaves, yes. it leaves well, two cities out. So if you are a team of Ottawa, uh, a fan of Ottawa or of Montreal, you either A... Had to go for a road trip and hope that they are avail- that they made these for these teams. See, that's one thing we've done. we haven't seen these out in the wild yet. We have not not for the not for those two teams, anyways. But we've seen for Hamilton, we've seen for Toronto, and obviously by the advertising that Seven Eleven Seven Eleven Canada is doing on their website, you have the other Western teams. Haven't we? We haven't, we haven't seen BC yet either. Actually, I haven't seen no. I've seen Edmonton. Seen uh, I haven't seen Winnipeg though. No, so, which is funny because se- Winnipeg is the Home, uh, yeah, it's the right. Canadian, yeah, that's where the Canadian uh, Canadian home is for Seven Eleven. Yes. So it, this is something that I would thought, you know, it's sort of similar. I mean, Tim's was perfect when you had you had the the, the gift cards because you knew your you yeah. sooner or later they would be in your local Tim's, but but everything's gone right. the way way of the digital. So Cl- Cliff Cliff and I are asking <laughs> if you happen to come across one or four of the Alouettes. Slurpee cups, please get a hold of us on social media. Can you t- can you tell we want one? But I, it's a, I think in my opinion, I understand it. I mean, I'm not can't really equate this to what the CFL do, the CFL contest that is being offered for the Grey Cup, leaving out Quebec because of the different rules when it comes to contests. This is something where we don't have it. It's same thing in the Maritimes. If you're a fan of any of the teams in the Maritimes, I think you joked to, it's going to turn into something on the either it's going to become the eBay black market for these things. It really will. Like someone in rural Alberta or Saskatchewan is going to find all of these cups and make a killing. I, I can just tell. I, I just feel like it's it's just going to happen. And you, you know, people are like, "This is incredible!" Like, like the fact that like CFL fans on social media have really gone crazy over this. Like they, I've seen like full on fights even. Like people are just like, "What are you being so excited? It's just a stupid plastic cup." Like. Okay, but it's still the fact that the CFL, you know, people I think think still want to sponsor those who sponsor the CFL. They, yeah. You know, they want to support. Yeah. And I think that's really what it, what it is more than anything else. It's not just about a, a, a drink cup. I mean, yes, in theory, you can get one of those anywhere. But I think the fact that the, you know, you've got a national sponsor that's sponsoring this league, trying to help promote this league, which fans want to do. They want fa- the fans want to encourage businesses that encourage the CFL. I think that's really what it came down to is that we want to be able to do this, but if you're only going to sell these cups in you know, local markets that have a 7-Eleven and everybody else is SOL, I mean, that's that kind of sucks. And the fact that the 7-Eleven wasn't willing to, say, put the cups on their website and sell them, which, again, they would make a killing off of because I'm pretty sure it, a lot of people it, yeah, order. It's, it's so short-sighted. Even, even if you were in a different market for the Tim's cards, you could still call their 1-800 number. And get one sent to you. And when even when the NHL had their uh, Tim cards as well, like if you didn't live in a market that had a Tim card, like for example, like the American teams, mm-hmm. if you wanted, say, like a Los Angeles Kings or a Colorado Avalanche card, you could have at least gone to Tim Horton's website and ordered it there. 
Yeah. Like you didn't have to live in the locale, so to speak. And even then it was only the Canadian states that ever seemed to have the local teams, uh, cards. So like if you're going to a Tim Hortons in Edmonton, yeah, you get Oilers cards, but that's it. If you live in Montreal, you get Canadians cards, but that's it. Trying to find any other teams, you know, you're, you're out of luck. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's eBay. For, it's eBay for you. Pretty much. Or again, go to Tim Hortons website. And that back then you could have ordered any team you wanted. So for 7-Eleven to not offer something similar to me, just feels like a lost opportunity. I Especially agree. too, if you're trying to, if you want fans to get excited about these promotions and flock to the local 7-Eleven, sure. If, if you've got one in your area, of course you're going to go do that. But if you don't, like for example, here in Montreal, we don't have a 7-Eleven, unfortunately. The closest one I think to us is in Toronto. No. I mean, I'm which not, is closer? I, I, which is closer? Uh, you have Oshawa. You have Guelph. Not London. Uh, uh, Brampton, no. Burlington, no. I think Oshawa might be. Oshawa would be the closest technically to us. Or Guelph. Or is that closer so to Hamilton? Guelph is past Tur- Okay. That's closer to Hamilton. Okay. So, yeah, Pickering's closer what to Toronto. Tr- Pickering's closer to Toronto. In any event, you, you're looking, like if you're an LOS fan hoping to go get one of these cups at a 7-Eleven, you're looking at a five, six hour car drive. Yeah. For a plastic cup. And a slurp. Uh, no. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> Jesus. All the way you'll get a slurp. What the hell's wrong with you? Oh, my. Yeah. As I said, slurpees are just fantastic, right? Yes, and, sir. <laughs> my gosh. But, but yes. Uh, it's, just, it's just unfortunate that the you know, 7 Eleven Canada just doesn't see the forest for the trees in this instance. I mean, and to me, like, like I said, this is found money when you think about it, because I am, I, I said it before, but I, I'm certain that there are fans that will order one of each team's cups. Yes. As people, far as club people club. said it already in social, you know? I know somebody in the Maritimes who would like these. I, we know, we know, uh, we know an Alouette season tick hold holder who lives in New Hampshire who wants these. Exactly, and again, if you're a Red Blacks fan living in Calgary, like you, you, you don't necessarily want a, a Stampeders Cup. You want a Red Blacks Cup. Yeah. You should be able to get one. I mean, this tying it to to the local market. Like I, I get it to a degree, but at the same time, it's like it seems kind of short sighted too. I can understand not wanting to buy like ten thousand cups of each team. In hopes that maybe someone will come along and want to buy all nine or buy the certain cup that they want. So, it, in which case, put it on the website. Ding, ding, ding. I mean, like, I, I mean, like listen, far be it for me to tell Seven Eleven how to how to run their business, but and Lord knows they don't need my help in doing so. But I mean, to me, it just feels like a lost opportunity. And if you want, especially if you want to try and get fans engaged and excited about these these Slurpee cups, I mean, listen. Am I going to break my neck to get one of these cups? No. Would it be nice to get one? Sure, absolutely. But you know, like, why why make it difficult? Especially too, like when it comes down to it, it's money in your pocket for Seven Eleven. Yeah. And I know they're not hurting for cash, but at the same time, like if you're going to offer something like this in order to get fans excited, let the fans get them by any means necessary. Yeah. Oh, by the way, it's the it's the Edmonton one that we don't see on the uh, on the Seven Eleven website. We see all the Western teams except for Edmonton. Interesting. So, again, contact Clifford and I if you happen to see them on social media. Yes, we yes we want. Um, <laughs> we want, but we don't want to pay fifty dollars for a damn cup. I'll, no, I'll tell you that. Right no. Lastly, if you're, gouge, just, if you're going to try and gouge us, you can go f yourself. Uh, lastly, locally, the Alouettes have announced their first fan bus cliff for the first time since November of 2019. It'll be held July. 21st, that is a Thursday when the fan bus travels to Ottawa. Thursday is tough, but still uh, decent. They actually, for the first time that I can remember, they had two packages, one that includes transportation and the other one that does not. Uh, Includes a ticket, access to the sidelines, and one concession coupon. So limited limited seating. Head over to uh, MontrealAlouettes.com for more information. But I'm glad they brought it back. No, it's cool. I mean, I wasn't expecting to see the fan plane back anytime soon or even the fan train. I mean, maybe one day we'll get back to that point again. And if so, I, I mean, I, I, de- I definitely would recommend either one to to football fans in this uh, in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am a little weird, you know, a little weary of this uh, Thursday night. I mean, it's, it seems kind of odd. Well, we know that our natural robber really is, it, it, it is, I, I, it is Ottawa right now. But... It is true. I'm looking. We play them four times in the regular season this year, and I'm trying to check all the other times 
that we play Ottawa. And, and the last time would be week uh, week 19 in Ottawa, and that's a Friday. The last time they had a fan uh, fan trip, you mean? No, 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 no. Meaning that if it wasn't this Thursday, if this on that Thursday for the fan bus, it would be in, in week 19 this year on, a, on Friday, October 14th. Well, that would make a lot more sense because it's not a school night. So... Either way, we are glad they brought it back. And at least, you know, props to, to the to the marketing guys who are allowing there to be two options of taking the bus or not. At least you would have a chance to sit with your fellow Alouette fans, even if you went by car yourself. No, I, I'm definitely glad they offered that. Like, at least give you the option of whether you want to hop on the bus or even if you, you know, for whatever reason you decide you want to go on your own to Ottawa, but you still want to be with your, your fellow members of Alouette Nation. I definitely think it's great to have that opportunity for for fans to be able to decide which which route they want to go and i definitely encourage it i mean you and i have been to tv place a number of times and it's it's definitely cool it's definitely a great place to watch a football game uh like i said i i just think it's kind of odd to do it on the thursday night game as opposed to the friday night game that they could be playing but uh okay you know what at the end of the day people are gonna go they're gonna enjoy themselves they're gonna have a good time and yeah, they'll they'll sort themselves out as far as you know the next day goes. So. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, Cliff Owls for once this season do not play on a Thursday night for the first time in three we- in four weeks. What? What? Yes, it's hard to believe, oh my, my friend. Gosh. Well, I, I was I was kind of worried when I didn't get the uh, the depth chart. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, something's off here. I I, I I don't get it. And then yeah, I had to had to remind me that. Oh right, the Elwoods are playing on a Saturday. Yeah. Wow. And and this will be. In- yeah, I know this. This will be the first back to back of four this year for the Alouettes. The the most since uh twenty since twenty thirteen. Holy cow! Where they had a mind blowing number of back to backs of five five back to backs. That year, wow, incredible! Yeah, so we, we already know what to expect when it comes to with Saskatchewan. We saw what they did last week, and obviously, it's not going to be the same team. There's uh, there's been changes abound in mm-hmm. Saskatchewan as far as uh, injuries go. Uh, and now they've got a chance to see what the Alouettes can bring to the table. You have to believe, especially in front of their people now, in front of Rider Nation, they're not going to want to get embarrassed, especially on Canada Day weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was actually four years ago. Him that uh, I took the fan plane out to Regina, and that was also Canada Day weekend. Yes, and we remember what happened there. Oh, yes. was snapping that long, long losing streak, <laughs> finally pulling out a W. So I don't know. I mean, even number year, Alouette's playing Canada Day weekend in Saskatchewan. I'm not saying Lightning's going to strike twice in the same place, but. I, I just hope for their sake that Saskatchewan kind of learns from their mistakes and they're actually ready to show up for this game. Uh, Alouettes are already talking smack on social media uh, in a way without actually saying any words because I think the, the riders uh, announced two other players that were uh, that seem to be not may not be playing this weekend. Um, but it, it's it, it's it's all good. I, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. But I mean, it's the Owls going to this first game without Sean Jameson. Seem to be okay at, at center. Maria Alfred is back, as I mentioned at the, uh, earlier in the show. The question is, what is going to happen when it comes to the return game? Uh, it's very possible that uh, Pickett will not be playing because he is he he got dinged up near the end of the uh, end of the game this week, this past week. Yeah. So, what's going to happen to a Darius Pickett? Ankle issue, so. Yeah, huh? Yeah, dealing with an ankle issue. Yes, so exactly. Uh, so, you know. VA is back from from uh, his bout of with COVID. I'm curious to see what the change these changes are. These changes are going to be, you know, will they well, go with Worthy because of what he did last week, or will they go with the one the potential one two on the return game? I think if you can, if you can make it work ratio wise, you'd be crazy not to go with having both Alfred and Worthy back there and do it mm-hmm. for return kicks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, both when they're on their game are absolutely electric. I mean, Alfred, we know what he can do. Worthy, we know now what he can do for sure. So, I mean, how, how do you? If there's a way that you can get both of these guys on the field and really give the special teams of Saskatchewan some serious fits, if there's a way of doing it, you got to do it. 
simple as that. I mean, those, those are just two electric players that will make fans jump up and take notice. Yep. So if you can find a way to get both those guys in the lineup some way, somehow, find a way to do it. Yeah. That's, that's all there is. And we really didn't talk about it much, but if the Alouettes can get eight more sacks this week, I think I, I think the Alouettes will be in a good position to win this game. And, and that's the thing. They, they, they really rattled Cody Fajardo. I mean, no Chris Hackey, no problem. Brian Harlemana came in, and he was a beast. Mm-hmm. Mike Jones, oh my goodness, this guy just all over the field and just absolutely game. Najee Murray, who we've come to expect. Darius Williams, friend of the show. Another interception. I mean, and that too would have been a pick six had uh, uh, the Riders not grabbed a hold of his shirt yep. and just kind of held him back. I mean, like this, you know what? This secondary, they're taking their lumps this year early on, but man, they are looking so good. I, I, I mean, just when you, you talk about guys like Mark Antoine DeCoy, Mike Jones, Darius Pickett, uh, I mean, these are some serious ballers and just making noise happen. And it is so good. I mean, like just to know that this defense is humming the way it is, and even when key players go down, it really does feel like there's someone else ready to step up and make plays happen. And it's such a good feeling to to, to see that. And man, I, I think that's really what you got to do. Like you just got to put so much pressure on Cody Fajardo. Yeah, uh, he's not going to have uh, Shaq Evans. Uh, he suffered a ankle. I believe it was an ankle, a really bad ankle injury. Ankle also, yes. Yeah. So I mean, like this catch one's still kind of hurting right now. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think that a lot of people thought that you know, the loss of Dan Clark at the center was a big reason why Fajardo was having such a hard time in Montreal. And now he's got one more week with his uh, his O-line. I mean, apparently they're supposed to be getting some help. Uh, Brett Jones, who used to play for in the NFL, apparently is making his way to Saskatchewan. He won't be there for the game on Saturday. That's a, a done dealer or not. But, I mean, this is something that Montreal has to take advantage of, the fact that Things still are not 100% with that line. And it's, that's where it starts is the offensive line. And if they can't give Fajardo any sort of protect, protection and Montreal just keeps coming at him and coming at him and coming at him, I mean, he, he's going to falter. And that's just that's just what, what happened. That's what happened in Montreal. And history has a way of repeating itself. If that same thing happens, if they, they bring that same kind of pressure to Fajardo, I can definitely see more picks, more pick sixes happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just, just be shut down entirely. And... At that point, it may just come down to, once again, kicking field goals. And somehow, you almost have to make the most of the opportunities in the red zone yeah, as much as possible. I mean, especially, too, if Trevor Harris really wants to stay as the starter of this football team, now that the VA is back, I mean, at, at what point, like, how much of a leash does Trevor Harris have? I want to say a pretty long one because of everything that's going on. But at the same time, if he's not producing, if he's not throwing for, like, two, three, four touchdowns, and no picks, and you know, he, he's got to move the ball big time, and he's got to make plays happen. If he doesn't do that, people are going to start wanting Vernon back in the lineup again because we know he can make plays. Yes, it's risky at times with him. Yes, he's made mistakes, but the slow and steady wins the race thing isn't always going to work when it comes to Trevor Harris. No. Uh, I was actually thinking about it, Tim. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Trevor Harris? Tim Tebow. As far as a lot of hype, uh, a lot of people thinking he's like, the, the, the next, you know, the, the savior, the next big thing for the Alouettes. But in reality, like, lots of short passes. Once in a while, it can complete an outstanding play. But by and large, he does, like, just enough. Yeah, but... Uh, and just uh, enough isn't enough to win, though. No, I know. But remember, Tebow's claim to fame was that but overtime playoff win versus Pittsburgh. You, you right. know, Harris, Harris really does have more of a pedigree, though. I mean, he's been in the league for 10 years. It's not like it's not like he is a he's a team. He is a Tebow. He, he's shown that he can play, but it has to be consistent. It, it needs to be well, Trevor Harris he, versus Montreal in the playoffs in 2019, where he ran off, what, 23, 24 passes in a row, whatever it was. That's yeah, that's the, touch, yeah. like, that's the Trevor mean, Harris we need. And. Hey, right, and that's the Trevor Harris that should be showing up. Great sign. No, he had any great signs this week, but we need to, the team itself needs to improve when it comes to comes to the comes to the red zone. We need to improve yeah. the running game. Yes, I understand. We are, we, you know, Jeshwan Antwi has done a great job, but we need, you know, if we're in a closer game this week, we need to be able to be consistent with the ball, control the clock, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, um, Chris Aki, Sean Jameson. And Brock Gowanlock did not play uh, practice today, nor did Antonio Simmons. 
So that's just an update as of today for the practice. No, and replacing those guys, those guys, not that easy. I can tell you that right now. But Montreal, to their credit, when it comes to time, when someone has to step up, they did. At least last week for Saskatchewan. And the guys that did step up and make plays happen, I fully expect them to be able to do the same thing again. I fully expect them to make outstanding plays happen. And as I said, this defense has proven themselves and will still need to prove themselves because if the Alouettes are not scoring touchdowns, and again, field goals is great, but you you need to score whole ass touchdowns and not just pick sixes because those are never a good team. So is that rather than half ass touchdowns? <laughs> well, that, Christ, at this point, I think I'd be happy with a couple of half ass touchdowns. Jesus Murphy, I get it. <laughs> Let's. I get it. But hey, by, by the way, a plus though, at, at Darius Pickett, according to today, he was limited. He didn't practice on Tuesday at all. He was limited today in practice. So we'll see what happens with the with the, the practice on Thursday. Well, and he's a guy that has been just outstanding ever, ever since they moved him to, uh, like, I know he's listed defensive back, but he tends to line up more in the, uh, the linebacking core. And he, he has played with such intensity this year. Like, like last year, there was a couple of times where I just felt like he looked lost in the secondary. Yeah. So I'm really happy they moved him up into the, the linebacking position, and he's looked outstanding, just absolutely outstanding. The fact that he can drop back in coverage if needed is just a, a nice bonus, but the way he's been able to bull rush and just make life miserable for the offense, for the uh, opposing quarterback has been nothing sort of outstanding. So if he's dinged up, I, I just hope if he can find a way to play and not cause further harm to himself, great. But, I mean, like, this is a guy that I've been – very pleasantly surprised with how well he has progressed and mm-hmm. even evolved into the role that he's in now. I mean, and to to the point where it's just like, wow, like this is a guy that, where do we find this guy? Doesn't matter. Like the, the LOS just seem to find these guys out of nowhere and they just produce. And it's, it's so good to see. And to know that, they, that there's this depth that we just don't even realize is there is it, simply outstanding. And it just, it's good to see what this defense can do. We know what Baron Miles is as a coach. He, he's just truly outstanding when it comes to getting the most out of his players. Exactly. And I think he's done that and then some. And it's got to continue, though. I mean, like, oh, yeah. You know, one, this team could easily be 3 and 0. Oh, I know. Yep. One and two. You know what? It's a very good one and two. Hey, we're only a half a game out of first place, dude. That's one way to look at it. We're a half a game out of first place. By the way, speaking of the game itself, currently on five dimes. Saskatchewan is favored by uh, four and a half points with an over-under of 46. Uh, they're given the home discount. We weren't given it last week, but we'll see what happens this week. Um, well, yeah. Uh, stay tuned to our social medias for the uh, for the depth chart when it does come out. Also, again, you want to contact us, whether it be about the Slurpee Cups or about anything else, you can contact me on social, obviously, at Repact, or you can contact me at tim.capper at alouettesflightdeck.ca or Cliff at Cliffy D on Twitter, or at Clifford.Pine at AlowitzFlightDeck.ca, and we'll be more than happy to get back to you with whatever you want to talk to us about. Cliff? Yeah, definitely hit us up on the socials. Definitely uh, engage with us. Uh, as I said, head over to the YouTube page, subscribe there. Get us there, and baby. For the, this is what we want. This is what we've come here for. We're so excited to be able to talk about Alowitz football, and this time we're able to talk about winning Alouette's football. Yes, sir. We want to keep that party going. Let's we keep it keep going. Exactly. Let's keep it going. Hey, Cliff, you and you and the loved one, I hope you have a great time for the rest of your trip. Be safe, my friend. I will talk to you, obviously, uh, via text and whatnot, but be safe. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. And you, the fans, enjoy the game on Saturday. Enjoy and have a very safe Canada Day. We will talk to you guys on the flip side. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. Run final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.